Hello, this is Mac DeMarco. Hope rest was peaceful. And thank you for tuning into this blessed
Hello, and welcome to the 1982 show on Best Frequencies Forever, BFF.FM. I'm your host, Phil Ventura, and that was 100 Years by The Cure. The founding members of The Cure were school friends at Notre Dame Middle School in West Sussex, whose first public appearance was in April 73 as members of a one-off school band called The Obelisk. In January 76, while at St. Wilfred's Comprehensive School, Mark Sicagno formed a rock band with Robert Smith, Michael Dempsey, and two other school friends. They called themselves Malice and rehearsed David Bowie, Jimi Hendrix, and Alex Harvey songs. By April, Sicagno and the school friends had left, and Lawrence Tolhurst, Martin Creasy, and Pearl Thompson joined the band. They played a few shows that December. Creasy left the band a month later, and they became known as Easy Cure. In 77, they hired Peter O'Toole as their vocalist, started regularly performing at a pub called The Rocket, recorded a demo, entered and won a talent contest, and signed a recording contract with Ariola Hansa. That September, O'Toole left to live on a kibbutz in Israel, and Smith took over as frontman. Hansa was dissatisfied with the group's demos, didn't want to release the single Killing an Arab, and suggested they record covers instead. They refused, and their contract was dissolved the next year. In 1978, Thompson was dropped from the lineup, and the band was renamed The Cure. Their newly recorded demo found its way to Chris Parry, who signed them to the Fiction label. That December, they released their debut single, Killing an Arab, which garnered both acclaim and controversy. In 1979, they released their debut album, Three Imaginary Boys. It was recorded by Parry and Mike Hedges, and the band was unhappy with the outcome, considering it too superficial. After releasing their second single, Boys Don't Cry, the band set out as a support band for Susie and the Banshees UK tour. After John McQuay quit the Banshees mid-tour, Robert Smith ended up filling in for him on guitar, and the experience greatly influenced his ideas on the direction of The Cure's music. In late 1979, Dempsey left the band because he didn't like the direction of Smith's new material. He joined the Associates, while Simon Gallup and Matthew Hartley joined The Cure. Smith exerted a greater influence on the recording of the second album, 17 Seconds, which he co-produced with Mike Hedges. Released in 1980, the album hit number 20 on the UK charts with single A Forest, reaching number 31. Hedges described the album as morose and atmospheric, a major departure from Three Imaginary Boys. After finishing their first world tour, Matthew Hartley left the band because he didn't like the somber direction they were headed in. In 81, they released the album Faith, again produced by Hedges, which reached number 14 on the UK charts. In 1982, they recorded and released Pornography, which cemented their status as purveyors of the emerging gothic rock genre. So we're going to listen to quite a few songs from Pornography because I think it's a fantastic album, um, beginning with A Short-Term Effect.
that was the cure with Siamese twins before that the figurehead and a short-term effect all from the album pornography here's robert smith talking about the conception of pornography i had two choices at the time which were either completely giving into suicide or making a record of it and getting it out of me his idea was to make a fuck off record and finish the band the band decided to record with producer Phil Thornley, and the recording sessions commenced and concluded in three weeks. Throughout, the band took LSD, drank a ton of alcohol, and slept in the office of their record label to save money. Pornography ended up peaking at number eight on the UK charts, with single The Hanging Garden reaching number 32. I want to play just a couple more songs from the album, beginning with A Strange Day.
That was Pornography by The Cure. Before that, Cold and a Strange Day. After Pornography, Simon Gallup left the band and Robert Smith went for a month-long detox. Upon his return, he wrote the single, Let's Go to Bed, the sound of which was the antithesis to what The Cure represented at the time. The track was a success in Australia, New Zealand, and a minor hit in the UK. And it really is a pretty major leap style-wise for them. I mean, they were like deep into gothic rock, and he basically made a synth-pop dancey track. I love it all, and so I'm going to play the single for you, and as well as its B-side, beginning with the B-side, this is Just One Kiss.
was the cure with let's go to bed before that just one kiss if you're just joining us this is the 1982 show on bff.fm if you're tuning into bff.fm for the first time you might not know that it's a non-profit radio station that exists thanks to the donations of its listeners you can go to bff.fm donate to give anything you can it's super helpful so, The Cure was one of two bands whose music was released on Fiction Records in 1982. The other band was The Associates. Billy McKenzie and Alan Ranking met in Edinburgh, Scotland in 1976, forming the duo Ascorbic Ones that would later become Mental Torture and then The Associates. After disappointment following a lack of interest in their early recordings, Mackenzie concocted the stunt of doing a cover of David Bowie's Boys Keep Swinging without copyright permission just six weeks after Bowie's version hit the UK Top 10. Their version went to number 15 on the Scottish charts and the attention earned them a contract with Fiction Records. Their debut album, The Affectionate Punch, followed in 1980. A string of non-album singles came in 1981 that allowed them to experiment with unorthodox instrumentation and recording techniques. Their breakthrough came in 82 when single Party Fears 2 hit number nine on the UK charts and was followed by further successes, Club Country and 18 Karat Love Affair in May 82. They released the album Sulk. I really like Sulk. Uh, it definitely isn't like a purely gothic rock album. There's certainly songs I think that 
would put it in the goth genre, but a lot of it, including the song we're going to listen to first, uh, feel like kind of light synth pop of the time. So I'll play a range of tracks from the album, beginning with Arrogance Gave Him Up.
was the associates with no before that bap de la bap and arrogance gave him up all from the album sulk the recording of sulk was rather strange with pet whippets and a ton of drugs around band members urinating in a guitar and filling drums with water to see how it would affect their sound despite that the album was a major success staying in the uk albums chart for 20 weeks reaching number 10 and being crowned the Album of the Year by Melody Maker magazine. So I'd like to play a few more tracks from Melody Maker's favorite album of 1982, beginning with Nude Spoons.
That was The Associates with It's Better This Way, before that, Skipping, and Nude Spoons. I'd like to talk to you for a moment about Killing Joke. Paul Ferguson met Jazz Coleman in London in 1978. They formed the band Killing Joke, putting an ad in Melody Maker, which attracted Geordie Walker and Youth. Coleman said their manifesto at the time was to define the exquisite beauty of the atomic age in terms of style, sound, and form. Not at all ambitious. They played their first gig in 1979 and released their debut EP, Turn to Red, in September of that year. They soon after formed the Malicious Damage record label with graphic artist Mike Coles as a way to press and sell their music. John Peel championed them and NME noted their similarity to Susie and the Banshees. Their sound grew denser and more aggressive for their debut album, Killing Joke, in 1980. They released the album What's This For just eight months later in 81 and started touring extensively through the UK. The album Revelations was recorded in Germany with producer Connie Plank in 1982. After appearances on the John Peel show and Top of the Pops, the album peaked at number 12 on the UK charts. I want to play for you now a couple songs from Killing Joke from 1982 beginning with The Hum.
That was Killing Joke with Birds of a Feather from their single Birds of a Feather. Before that, The Pandies Are Coming and The Hum from their album Revelations. Youth of The Killing Joke left the band in late 82 and in 83 worked with our next band, Alien Sex Fiend. Alien Sex Fiend were formed by Nick Fiend, Mrs. Fiend, Yaxi Highriser, and Johnny Freshwater in 1982 at the Batcave Club in London. The band became known in the gothic scene for its dark, electronic, industrial-leaning sound, heavy samples, loops, dub remixes, and manic vocals. In 1982, they released the cassette Alien Sex Fiend. I believe it's a demo, but it sounds pretty good to me, and I want to share a couple tracks with you from that cassette, beginning with War Dance of the Alien Sex Fiend.
That was Alien Sex Fiend with Funkin' Hell. Before that, Bone Shaker Baby and War Dance of the Alien Sex Fiend. We're nearing the end of our program, so I want to take this opportunity to thank you for tuning in to the 1982 show on Best Frequencies Forever, BFF.FM. I'm Phil Ventura, and you can tweet me at philventura82 with your comments, questions, or criticisms. Next week, we have kind of a different theme. It's going to be a bunch of artists that made an impact in the 70s, but maybe weren't at the height of their powers in the 80s. Not to say they weren't successful, but, well, maybe they just weren't that cool at this point, but they still, you know, could come up with a few good tracks. I'm going to be playing music by Frida from ABBA, Fleetwood Mac, Roxy Music, Francoise Hardy, Blondie, The Stranglers, and Yoko Ono. So if you like any of those bands, might be a good time to tune in. Should be an interesting episode. So the final band that I'm going to play for you today is an absolute legend in gothic rock circles, the Sisters of Mercy. The Sisters of Mercy were formed in Leeds, England in 1980 by two regulars of the F Club Punk Night. Gary Marks, and Andrew Eldritch. They released the single The Damage Done, where they each wrote and sang on a song. They regrouped with Craig Adams and a drum machine christened Dr. Avalanche. And then Eldritch took over lyrics writing, doctor programming, and record producing duties. They started playing gigs and in 1982 released the Body Electric Adrenochrome single as well as their classic, Alice. I know everybody loves Alice. It's not my favorite, but I do truly love the Body Electric Adrenochrome single. If I ever have to turn to stripping, uh, those were f- will for sure be the tracks that are played when I'm up there. And again, thank you for tuning in this week. Uh, stay tuned all day long. Good programs coming up. And if you're not aware, there's currently a BFF.FM installation at ATA on Valencia Street. Um, So the other DJs will be playing live there from 10 to 6. So go check them out. Anyway, this is Adrenochrome by the Sisters of Mercy.